Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Today, I am talking with Jody Brandon all about writing a book that serves your audience and your business. We go through the process of brainstorming topics for your book, writing that book, getting it published, and even get into some of the marketing, as well as what the ultimate purpose of your book is and how you can validate your ideas before you get started. Jody also talks about the importance of finding a topic that is going to bring your audience back to your services and how you can serve them well through the topic and the book that you write. She also talks a little bit about her own book and how she went through that process for herself, as well as the reasons that you should consider self-publishing instead of going with traditional publishing. Jody Brandon has more than 20 years experience in book publishing. After many years working at traditional publishing houses, Jody and her husband relocated from New York to Philadelphia, and she launched her freelance editing business. Jody's passion these days is working as a book editor and writing publishing coach for creative entrepreneurs, bloggers, and small business owners who want to up-level their business with a book. Jody shares some great information for all types of small businesses, including creative entrepreneurs, as well as the more traditional business owners. So I hope that you listen to this episode and maybe are inspired to write a book of your own. Enjoy. Hi, Jody. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in your business? Sure. So I am Jody Brandon. Uh, my company is Jody Brandon Editorial. I am a book editor and book writing coach. So I am one of those lucky people that just always knew what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to work in book publishing. I wasn't able to articulate that as a kid, of course. I knew I wanted to, um, I used to say I want to work, uh, work with words. Um, so English was always my favorite class and I always loved to write. And so I moved to New York right after college, um, like within two weeks. Um, I knew that's where the book publishers were. I knew that's where I wanted to be. And when you're 22, you have no idea like what real life is like. And so you're like, sure, I can afford to live in Manhattan. Yes. (laughs) Um, and I made a deal with my parents that, uh, we, I grew up all over Pennsylvania and my parents live still in the King of Russia area, suburb of Philadelphia. And so we made a deal that if I could find a job by the end of the summer, that I could stay in New York. And so I busted my hump to find a job and I found one. And so I was able to stay. So, and that's, I mean, then I just started working for book publishers and then I started freelancing on the side and working with authors directly. And now here I am. All right. So how did you get into working with creatives then? So book publishing is this really weird industry that is still very like apprenticeship-like. So you start in book publishing no matter if you're 25, if you're 35, if you're 50, you start at the bottom as an editorial assistant and you sort of work your way up. Um, And it takes about, you know, 18 months to get out of that assistant editor or editorial assistant position 
into an assistant editor position. Um, and that's just sort of like the way it works because so <laughs> turns out I wasn't the only person who had the great idea to move to New York and work in book publishing. There are, you know, gazillions of people doing that. So they can get away with sort of like not paying a lot of money to editorial assistants and making you um, work your way up the ladder very slowly. And so I, I did that. And I loved it. And then one day I got an email from someone whose book I had worked on. And he said, I'm working on a second book. I think I'm going to self-publish this book. Do you work with authors directly instead of just through a publishing house? And I was like, well, there's no reason I can't do that. And the extra money certainly couldn't hurt. And then he said like the magic question, which is what do you charge? Because in publishing, you are paid the rate that they decide. There's no, it doesn't matter if you have like 20 years experience, like this is their rate for copy editing. This is their rate for proofreading. And so I thought, huh, what is my rate? Um, and I that appealed to me, obviously, that I could set my own schedule, my own income. And then I just sort of, sort of started working with more and more authors that way. And I turned, it turned out I, the books I like to work on and I'm good at working on um, were business books. And so I started working with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, not necessarily creatives at that point, um, but I was working on, working with a lot of um, like economists and things like that. And their books were very dry and boring. And then I found this um, online creative entrepreneur world where it's women who are writing books that are, you know, inserting their story into them a little bit more than the economists were. Um, and it just were so much more fun to work on. Um, and women more than men, I find, um, are really interested in a collaborative relationship, which is what I really enjoy about editing. Um, like, I don't want to just, you know, get the book and then work on it for six weeks and then send it back. I want it to be a really like a team effort, a collaborative effort. Like this is what, you know, I think you should expand here because of X, Y, Z. And what if we move this to a different section in the manuscript? I think that could strengthen it a lot more back and forth and women um, in general and creatives, especially I find are really open to that kind of process. Um, and so I've just loved it. And so I haven't, you know, haven't looked back since. I think that's funny. I never thought of there being a difference in the way people like to work on editing. I, when my, even when my mom would edit my high school papers, I would sit next to her at the computer and mm -hmm. we would talk about things. And yeah. even like today when my husband does it, that's, I like to sit there and get their feedback and say, no, I don't like that. Or mm -hmm. yes, that makes sense. Instead of having someone just like, red pen everything and send it to me to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that is, I mean, that's how the publishing world works. And I mean, that, that's great, but um, yeah, no, I really, I do like the back and forth. I think that's why I got into the book coaching too, versus just, just straight editing because you're working with someone long for longer, longer period. Cause you're working like while they're working on the book, not after it's totally finished. Um, and I really, really enjoy that part of it. So. Okay. So I would love to know why you recommend small business owners in creative fields or even outside of the creative world consider writing a book. It's a good question. So for me, I think that it just, it's all about, you know, there's still that cachet of being a published author. 
you know, you, you, when you see someone's name and then under their name, it's like author of whatever the book is, you just, you think like, oh, that person really knows what they're talking about. So it just lends an air of credibility. And I find that especially for small and growing businesses, it's just, it's sort of like a tool in your back pocket to help you grow that platform and give you the credibility and give you the authority and help you get the visibility, all those things that we want as small business owners. Um, I mean, not one client I have ever had has had money as their number one goal when they're writing a book because that's, I mean, that's just, which is good because that's not how it works. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that would be disappointing. I mean, it does eventually become a passive income stream, but for entrepreneur authors and creatives who are writing a book, um, it's, that's not what it's about. It's more about those other, you know, sort of intangibles that we're looking for. Um, and that's, I mean, a book is just one way to do that. So are these books like really short things that they're using as an opt-in on their website? Or are they longer books? How do you, you know, handle that? What do you recommend? I mean, most of the people that I'm working with, it's a longer book. It's not, a, or an ebook, um, but it's more than an, it's more than an opt-in. So it's usually, you know, I mean, minimum a hundred pages, anywhere up to, you know, 200, 250 pages. I mean, anything more than that is really, um, I think something that could be broken into, you know, shorter books, but it's definitely more than, you know, like a short ebook or workbook for an opt-in. So it's, um, I know that that can sound like, oh my gosh, 100, 200 pages. That sounds daunting to a lot of people, but when we, part of the process that I go through with people is to look through, you know, what you already have, because there's a lot of content that can be repurposed. Um, into a book and then it seems a little bit less daunting like oh yeah I can do that that I mean I already have xyz so it's really just a matter of you know beefing that up what you already have for most people okay well that leads me into my next question which is where do you recommend people start when they want to write a book and sort of can you walk us through that process sure so for me everything starts with the brain dump um, you think about, usually people have, you know, a general idea, not necessarily like the exact subject or, I mean, certainly not the title or anything like that, but the broad, you know, subject area, like what are the questions that you're getting asked about on, in Facebook groups? What are you known for? What are you seen as an expert as already? So you have sort of that general like topic area. Um, and I liken it to like the area of the bookstore back when, you know, we had like real bookstores, like when you walk <laughs> in Barnes and Noble or Borders or whatever, you know, what section of the store are you going in? Is it, you know, sports? Is it fiction? Is it reference? You know, is it business? Whatever. Um, and then you just literally set a timer for like three to five minutes and start writing. You just write down anything you can think of, of the things, um, that you write blog posts about, that you, you know, talk about on podcasts, that people ask you about. And then once the timer goes off, um, I mean, if you're like on a tear, then keep going for a couple of minutes and then take a little break, go back and look at that, like what you've written down and you'll be able to start to see, um, not, not patterns, but groupings. Like, you know, you've got five things about, you know, X and then you've got like six things that can be grouped together under the, you know, the heading Y. And then, you know, I sort of have people take that process. I call it like a macro brain dump, 
all the way down to like a micro brain dump. So then you take one of those categories or one of those groupings of five or six things and then do a brain dump just on those and see where you can expand on those. And as you do that process, it sort of ends up being almost like an outline, which then becomes a table of contents. But the idea of sitting down and writing an outline is so daunting and just like a little seventh grade English class to most creative, I mean, most people in our <laughs> world, just because that's not how our brains work, um, that you're essentially doing the same thing, but the process isn't as scary um, when you call it a brain dump versus writing an outline. Um, and then, you know, before you know it, you have a rough outline, a working outline, because of course it's subject to change. And then you introduce, you know, all of the content that you have already, you know, so you look at that outline, you know, like, let's say you've got something, um, like for my book last year, I wrote, so I wrote a book last year, write, publish, market about self-publishing. And I did my brain dump. I did my outline and I had a section on, um, and a section on like fears about like what's preventing you from writing. And then I was like, oh, I have a blog post about that. So I could, you know, write down the title of that blog post and then bring that in and see how can I expand on that? How can I change that content, repurpose it from this blog post, you know, for, for a book and then how I can make the, the sections all flow together. Um, and then you just, you know, you start putting it all together and writing. Okay. So it's not like you're starting from scratch. You should be looking at what you've already done, the things that you're already talking about and bringing those into this book that you're going to write. Yeah. If the, I mean, if the goal of your book is, you know, to grow your platform about your business. Yes. I mean, there are certain cases where I'm working, you know, I'm working with someone right now on a book that's more like about her backstory and how that got her to where she is. So for that, she's not really looking so much at, you know, blog posts and whatnot that she's already written there she is more starting from scratch. But for most people, for the books that most small business owners and creative entrepreneurs are working on, um, yeah, you really, you have way more than you think that you do. Um, people are, I mean, without fail, my clients express surprise to me at how much content they already have. So how do we find a topic that, you know, we know enough about that we've got an expertise in but is also going to help us grow our business and serve our audience. You've got to validate it, validate the idea. And so you do that in the same way that you come up with that topic. You know, you think about the things that people ask you in Facebook groups, go into those Facebook groups and say like, Hey, you know, would a book about X, Y, Z be beneficial to you? Or would, um, would this versus this be beneficial to you? So you want to reach out to your people. I mean, your email list you can survey, of course, um, Facebook groups, your social media accounts, you know, um, just go, you know, seek feedback from the, from your people, um, you know, your people on your list and then the people in your larger online community and see, you know, is this something they're interested in? What questions do they have about it? And I mean, you can insert those questions into table of contents ideas also, chapter titles and all that sort of thing. So it's really just about that, you know, taking that idea and validating it, you know, before you get too deep in the process, because you certainly don't want to, um, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you don't want to write a marketing book. There's 8 million marketing books out there. You need to niche that down and figure out what your people want to know about marketing. Um, but you also don't want something so specific, you know, um, like, uh, marketing for florists who only work with roses in Southern California. 
Like that's too specific. <laughs> There's a reason that book doesn't exist. Um, so another thing to do is to go on Amazon and do a search like that. So again, if you just type in marketing, you're going to get you know millions of titles, but you want something, you want to find that, you know, that sweet spot in between, oh my gosh, there's so many books about this. How will mine possibly stand out versus, oh, I can't believe no one's ever written one book on this topic with millions and millions and billions of books published, you know, every year. So do we have to worry about feeling like the topic we want to write about is already been written about? Absolutely not. No, every, I mean, every topic has been written about in some way. So what you're going to, I mean, every good topic, like I said, I mean, if you've got that idea that there's not one book out there, you have to ask yourself, why is there not one book out there? So you, there are, you know, you have to find your topic and then you have to get it to the point where it's your spin. What's making your book different? So I talk about this with, um, when you're conducting like a market analysis while you're doing your research for your book. So find those books that you would think of as like competing titles. And what is it about those books that's good? What's bad? What do people like about them? What do people not like about them? And how will your book fit into that niche? So that could be, you know, um, maybe your book has uh, like case studies and none of the other books do that could be your book's hook or maybe your book maybe your story your backstory is the hook for your book you just have to find that one thing that's going to make your book different and appeal to your audience which you've done by validating and then you know you don't have to worry about getting lost in the crowd okay so I'd love to know sort of where you come in on this process and how you help your clients to take this idea that they have and actually, you know, create the book and then get it out into the world. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, there's different ways to work with, I mean, someone like me. So I, it's a, for me, I offer editing services, but then I offer also um, writing coaching services, which some people call um, developmental editing versus copy editing, which is what most people think of when they think of as of an editor. So if I'm doing, um, book coaching, I'll come in earlier in the process. Sometimes it's before the table of contents is written. Sometimes it's before the brain dump even happens. And someone just knows they want to write a book and they don't know. Um, they're not familiar with the process, which, you know, I mean, I have that a lot. Of course, the book publishing world is this little insular circle that, you know, why would you understand it if you're not part of it? So in that case, I come on board, you know, a lot of times just with an idea. And then I sort of, we go through the brain dump process and we go through the writing process and we, you know, we meet weekly, um, to talk about, you know, like the writing, um, like how the writing is going, if you're stuck, if you're, you know, I, I think I need some feedback on this section and then, you know, sort of all the way up and through up until the manuscript is edited. If, it, if I'm just doing editing for someone, then your manuscript is written and then you're hiring a copy editor. And that person is going to, you know, do all the things that you probably think of, you know, the, the, the grammar and the spelling and the mechanics and all. You know, there's more to it than that. But those are the things that most people are thinking of. And then once a book is edited, there are people who will offer, you know, full service, sort of like a mini publishing house. Um, I don't do that, but I do work with designers that I recommend um, who can get your book ready for publication. And almost all of my clients these days are self-publishing um, by choice. That used to not be the case. It used to be that you didn't want to self-publish because it, it wasn't, you know, I'm doing air quotes, like a real publishing 
But these days, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, they want to control the process. They want to have control over their, what their cover looks like and what the timeline is like for getting the book out there. Um, so I can recommend people for that. Um, there's a few designers that are really great with different kinds of books. And then the actual self-publishing process, especially via Amazon, is so easy. Um, I mean, if I can do that part myself, anybody can do it themselves. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, once you set up an account on Amazon, it's literally as simple as just like uploading the file and, you know, clicking through it to make sure nothing looks wonky and then you're good to go. I mean, it's really, it's, it's almost like anticlimactic. Um, I, I really, I mean, I would, I walked through, through it with a lot of my clients and it seemed anticlimactic. And then when I did it for myself, my own book last year, I was like, huh, that's really, <laughs> wow. Like, there it is. There's my book. Um, so, I mean, it really, it really is sort of anticlimactic, which is probably a good thing, I guess. Yeah. I'd love to learn more about why you think people are self-publishing and what the benefits are to doing that route as opposed to traditional publishing? It's, I mean, it's control over everything. So, I mean, a lot of people don't realize, and when you work with a traditional book publisher, you are getting, sure, you're getting like the expertise of that publishing house. So they're going to edit the book for you. They're going to design the book for you. Um, they're going to come up with a cover for you and they're going to, and it used to be that they did, you know, huge marketing and publicity campaigns, which was the appeal. So you really, you know, as an author kind of, once the book was done, um, a lot of the work was over. And so that's not the case anymore. I mean, when I started in publishing 20 years ago there, I mean, we had, you know, People would go out for, you know, three hour lunches and have, you know, a glass of wine with lunch. And then there'd be like a big party in the afternoon for such and such author's book release with cake and champagne and the whole thing. And then that author's off on like a 20 city tour, like um, publicity tour. Those days are just, they're so over. <laughs> they're just, book publishing is not making enough money, unfortunately, anymore. So it's just, I mean, you're, a lot of my clients say, well, I'm going to be doing the marketing work anyway. I would rather have control over the process. So you control everything. There's no art director telling you or, you know, bookstore um, salesperson saying like, hey, I think this cover is going to do better. No, this is the cover that I want. This is the cover that I'm getting. So when you have a traditional book deal, um, you know, if their biggest, like if Barnes and Noble's buying manager says, we like this cover better than that cover and we can, you know, give you an order of 10,000 books, that's the cover your book is going to have, whether you like it or not, um, which is, which sticks. So little things like that. Um, you control the timeline when you're self-publishing. So a lot of times the average amount of time from the time a book is accepted by a publishing house until you are holding a physical book in your hands can be up to 18 months, which is a long time. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, depending on your topic. I mean, if you're writing a book on something marketing related or social media related, for example, I mean, 18 months from now that, I mean, that book is going to be ancient history, whatever you've written. So the time to market, you can really, I mean, it can be, I mean, a couple months if you're self-publishing, which is fantastic. So you can get your book out there quicker into customer's hands quicker, and it's doing all the things you want it to do for you. You know, your credibility, your authority, growing your platform, all those things. Okay. 
That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think you probably have more rights then over what you can do with that content afterwards. As well, well, yeah, you're keeping, yeah, you're keeping everything for sure. And you're also keeping a lot more money. Um, so with, I mean, with a traditional book deal, you're going to get what's called an advance against royalties. So what that means is you're going to get a chunk of money up front, but then you're not going to see another penny until that book, what we call earns out. So if you get, um, like if you get a $5,000 advance, let's just say, and so now the book is out for sale and it's selling and selling and selling, you're not going to get royalties until the publishing company makes what you would get $5,000 worth. So, I mean, it could be three years until you get it. And now you don't have to pay that back if that book doesn't, what we say, earn out. So if the book only sells enough that you would have gotten $4,000 in royalties, you're never going to see another penny. Um, and you don't have to pay back that $1,000 extra, but you won't get anything more. So there's no advance against royalties with book uh, with self-publishing, obviously, but you're keeping, I mean, with Amazon, depending, I mean, there's depending on your pricing structure and all that, but I mean, you can keep up to 80% of your profits. And if you're selling it on your own site, you're keeping obviously 100% of the profits versus, you know, like 20% with a traditional book deal. So that's, um, you know, that's appealing to obviously a lot of entrepreneurs. Yes. So do you recommend that people um, have like a physical book? Cause I know yours is a physical book or is it easier and smarter to just publish it as an ebook that somebody can get on a Kindle or some other type of reader? So I did both and I recommend that people do both. I mean, it's really, it's so easy to do, do both. In my opinion, it's silly not to. Um, there are still many, many people who don't want to read an ebook. They, they want to read a physical book. Um, and I mean, Amazon makes it so easy to do that, that it just seems, I mean, you're just uploading a different, a different version of, of your manuscript instead of, you know, it converts it for you from a word document to what they call, um, an EPUB file, uh, versus a PDF. So it's really, I mean, it's so simple. It's, I mean, it's a no brainer to do both. Um, just because, yeah, you're going to reach different people in different ways, um, and I mean, I'll read on a Kindle all day long, but I still do love reading a, you know, an actual physical book too. Um, yeah. and there, I mean, there are people who, I mean, my mom's gender, my mom and her sisters, for example, we say this all the time. We have a family, like a book club. Um, cause my mom is, my mom has five sisters and then, you know, we have a lot of cousins and stuff with my aunts and my mom will not read on a Kindle. Like if the book does not offer a physical version, we can't have that as our book club book because they're not doing it, which <laughs> is crazy. But it is what it is. So, I mean, if it was more complicated and, you know, a bunch of hoops to jump through, then I would say just do an ebook. It's fine. But honestly, it's so easy to do both. Um, you, I mean, there's no sense in limiting your audience and your sales. Yeah. I, I do both. I was, I resisted the eBooks for a long time and mm -hmm. I switched over, but I like, if I'm going to buy a book, I want to have a physical book. If I'm just borrowing it from the library, it can be a Kindle book because it, it's going to disappear. It doesn't matter. Right. Right. That's interesting. Yes. And then a physical book you can pass around a whole lot easier too. To share That's with true. people. Yeah. And you, can, you can do book for, I mean, for marketing purposes. And like, if you speak at a conference and you want to sell them or they'll let you sell them at the back of the room, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Physical books all the way. Yeah. And then you can sign them. People love that too. <laughs>
It's like you're famous. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So can you give any advice on, you know, just some brief marketing tips if you have written a book or you're in the process of writing a book? Sure. So, I mean, my biggest tip for marketing, honestly, is to just remember that it is a marathon and not a sprint. So the whole point of the book eventually getting passive, making passive income for you is that it's sort of so like when you publish with a traditional publishing house, like there's, you'll be in the catalog that season and then you're sort of forgotten about. So the book is not going to make you any money if no one knows it's out there. So you have to think of it, you know, as, as a long range marathon type thing. So you're going to do a push at the beginning when the book first comes out and you'll make a chunk of money and that's great. But then you need to constantly be marketing that book. I mean, I do, my long range plan was that I did the big launch last fall, November 1st, my book came out. And then I do one like sort of mini push per quarter, whether that's, you know, like a blog tour or, um, or, you know, some kind of mini campaign. And then every single day, though, I'm doing some some kind of book-related marketing task. I mean, you, you can't just put it out there and hope that everyone's going to find it because unfortunately, that's just, I mean, there's millions of books published in this country. It's just, I mean, you're such a small fish in a big sea that you have to do some work to get it, you know, to, to be visible. So I say that a book, um, like a book sales page is a, is a great tool to use before, during, and after. And that can be whether it's like its own website, it's a page on your website that already exists, whatever. Um, you also want to take advantage of Amazon's, you know, their author pages, because there will be people who just might search for a book. I mean, there are people that have bought my book that aren't part of the creative, you know, entrepreneur community that have found, you know, on Amazon by searching, you know, like self-publishing handbook or self-publishing how-to or whatever, my book has come up. Um, And they're not necessarily a part of this community. So they might not have been searching for actually my book, but my book came up. And so they can go to my Amazon author page and find out a little bit more about me. And then hopefully, you know, get over to my own site and my own page. um, And I can find them that way. I actually just recorded a video for my YouTube channel today about why you need to have an opt-in in your ebook or um, print self-published book because Amazon does not share customer information. So that's your only way to sort of track who is, is buying your book is if you can get them to you somehow. So the, your book sales page is huge for that. Um, and you can grow that as you go. So what, like when you're just writing your book and it's, uh, it's your landing page basically, and you, most people use a free chapter or, um, like a checklist, maybe from an appendix or something as an opt-in to get to you to start building some momentum for the book before it even is published. But then you've got, you know, you can put a video trailer on that page. You can put advanced reviews on that page. And then as the book is published and you get more reviews and more testimonials and all those things, you can add them to the, to the, to the page. So it stays active even after the book comes out because, you know, marketing is the long it's a long game. It's, you know, it's not, it's definitely not a sprint. Um, so I would just say, remember that it is a long game for marketing purposes and make sure that you don't have to be doing something, you know, something big and huge and exhausting, like, like planning a full launch can be all the time, but you definitely want to be doing something marketing related, you know, at least weekly, if not daily, 
and then, you know, pick whether for me, it's quarterly. I know for some people it's, you know, twice a year or even like once a year on the anniversary of like the book's release, they'll do like another, like big, big promo effort. Um, but you just, I mean, it's, it's, it becomes part of your daily routine. And I find that it's, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's like everything else that you do every day, like, you know, checking your social media and commenting on social media, all those, all those little things that you're doing that really matter. Um, book marketing, same thing. Yeah. And that's a good reminder because we should be doing those things for anything we're doing in our business anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a book, I mean, a book launch is just like any other launch. It's just, it seems so unfamiliar because you've never done it before. But yeah, no, I mean, all of the things that you know that apply to a launch of, you know, any product, any service, a podcast, anything. Yep. Same thing with a book. Yeah. And you covered this a little bit when you mentioned that your book should have like an opt-in on your page, but is there anything else that can help move people who have purchased this book to then getting on your website, maybe hiring you for your, your services to sort of use that book as a marketing tool itself? Yeah. I mean, well, and that's the goal, right? I mean, ultimately that's the goal is to get people back to you, become part of like become one of your people and then yeah, eventually hire you. So I think it's just a matter of familiarity. So you get them familiar with you. You build that no like trust factor, you get them onto your site somehow, and then they see what you're about. They've written, they've read your book. So they know, you know what you're talking about. You have authority you seem credible to them. Um, and then, yeah, you, I, through your email newsletter, I find is the, is the way that most people build and nurture that relationship. So that's when someone is ready to go like from the book to a one-on-one -on -one service or a group program or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to sell, um, you know, they're primed for it. They're a warm lead. Right. And that goes back to picking a topic too, is, Pick a topic that then you can actually offer a service that comes after that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, not, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but that's, that's the whole like long range plan with my book. So my book, Write, Publish, Market is about the three aspects that you need to know for self-publishing, writing, the publishing, and then marketing it. And so theoretically, someone, someone could buy my book for $9.99 and figure it out for themselves, but there's always going to be those people who want you to walk them through it and hold their hand through it. And so those people are perfect, you know, to hire me then for one-on-one -on -one book coaching. Right. So, I mean, yeah, no, that's the exact model that that's, that's how it should be working. Yep. Okay. So do you have anything that I didn't ask or that else that you'd like to share that we didn't cover? No, I think you covered it pretty well from start to finish. Just Good. I mean, there, it, I think the biggest thing is that, the, un the unfamiliarity with the book publishing world scares a lot of people off. And I understand that. Um, I mean, there, you know, the creative entrepreneur world scared me off when I was, which is <laughs> not that it's scary, but it's just that, you know, like, how does this work? I don't know. This is not something I'm used to. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, figuring it out or hiring someone who, you know, is familiar enough to help you figure it out. So it's really, it's, you know, don't be afraid of that. It's really, it's just like any other product or service in your business. It's just another tool, you know, for your tool belt. Okay. Then can you tell us a little bit about how serving your clients and your customers, maybe your book readers, well, has been important in your business? Yeah, I think for me, it goes back to what we were talking about early on, where is 
you know, a lot of us creative entrepreneurs, bloggers, solopreneurs, I mean, we're at home working by ourselves. And so the collaborative effort or aspect of the book publishing process has been so important to me because it, you know, it gives me, like, it gives me friends, basically. Um, That sounds a little sad. (laughs) I said it like that, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're so used to being in our own little bubble. And sometimes you just need that reminder of like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Like I have this knowledge that I can share and help other people grow their businesses. And I mean, this community is so collaborative in general, this online, you know, creative entrepreneur community. Like everybody wants to help each other, community over competition, all of those, you know, all those things that we hear all the time, but it's really true. Um, and you know, like when I was looking for, I didn't, I didn't, I had never heard the word sales funnel my entire life when I was <laughs> looking on my book and my business coach was like, um, you need a sales funnel. And I was like, I don't even know what a sales funnel is. And so, you know, I know people who know about sales funnels though. And so they can help me with my sales funnels and now I can help them with a book or, you know, it's just, it's a matter of taking your expertise and sharing it. There's no, it doesn't do me any good to hoard information. Um, when I can be helping other people and we can all be growing our businesses, um, you know, like what's good for everybody else is good for me too. So yeah. it really, I mean, it really, it sounds hokey, I know, but, um, it's, it's the truth. Yes, it is. Okay. So tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. Okay. So I just, of course, one of mine is a book. <laughs> it is. Um, my friend, uh, Jess Freeman from Just Creatives just recommended this book to me called Option B by um, Cheryl Sandberg, who she wrote Lean In and um, she works for Facebook. Um, and it's all about, the subtitle is all about like overcoming adversity and things like that. But my, uh, my friend recommended it because um, there's a, she, Cheryl wrote it and a lot of it's about um, dealing with the grief from when her husband died, um, which I mean, it was like a big, a big thing. And she became sort of like internet famous for that um, because her husband died unexpectedly. And I am, my mom is sick. Um, and so Jess recommended this book to me and she's like, I think it'll help you, you know, deal, work through some of the things you're going through with my mom. I mean, my mom is still with us for now, but um, yeah. And it's been really, really helpful and interesting. And I, yeah, I cannot recommend the book highly enough. So that's, that's one. And then my other thing is, although it's dreary as all get out here today in the Philadelphia area, it's supposed to rain all weekend. My husband and I got new um, deck furniture this spring and we have been enjoying cocktails on the deck every night that it's not raining before dinner. And it's been heavenly, I have to say. That sounds great. Yeah, it does. It really, we've been talking about getting a new furniture for a couple of years and then we always wait until like a little bit too late in the season. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, like a 19 piece furniture set or like a chair left. And yes. <laughs> so we made it, we made a deal at the end of last summer that we were going to start looking super early this year, like way earlier than we thought we needed to. Um, and we did. And it was, I mean, great decision. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. yeah. I've been surprised at the number of people who have recommended books as one of the things that they're loving. Really? Oh, yes. I'm so happy. <laughs> it must just be our, our way to like learn and escape and mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all. That makes me happy. Yes. 
Okay. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? What are you working on? I am, well, I'll tell you, I, this is sort of a strange time for me because I'm like, I don't want to say sabbatical, but I'm taking, um, I'm really right now only focusing on client work. Like I was saying, my mom is ill. My mom, um, I mean, my mom, we only have a, a, a very finite amount of time left with my mom. So I have like put all like big projects on hold and I'm really just working on client work that I had already sort of booked out. Um, and luckily my clients have all been very gracious and very understanding about extending timelines and whatnot. But the next big thing I'm going to be launching is, um, it's called the right life. And I had started, I've been like building up visibility and everything for it at the end of last year, beginning of this year before my mom got sick. Um, and it's going to be a writing, like a group coaching, like a writing mastermind that ends in like a weekend long, um, writing retreat. So I'm super excited. I don't obviously have a timeline at this point. Everything, I feel like everything in life is on hold right now, but that is going to be the next big thing. And I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it should be really, it, I mean, it's, it's taking a lot of the questions I've gotten um, about like accountability and, you know, like having like a buddy. Um, a lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients have asked for that. And so I've been able in some cases to, you know, to pair people up depending on the stage they're at of the process, but it hasn't really worked like, um, like in a, in a big way. So I, I thought of this idea and a lot of people had asked me about, um, I get asked a lot about hosting a writing retreat. Um, and so I thought if I could combine those two things in a way that, you know, we could do a lot of like the prep work during the mastermind and then there'd be writing every week of the mastermind so that you didn't come, you know, thinking like, oh, I need to write an entire book in this weekend mm -hmm. while, I'm three days while I'm here. But if you've written enough of it, you could realistically finish the book at that weekend. And that would be, that would be awesome. Um, and then we could just, you know, like at the end, have like a little wrap up talking about the publishing part of it and the marketing part of it. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all, it's all ready to go. It's just, I, I know that right now I don't have the mental capacity to devote what people would deserve. Um, right. So, so it's on hold for the moment, but that's going to be the first thing that, you know, gets back in the hopper when life returns to normal here. So, yeah. And yeah, so we'll see. A, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We'll see a lot of books coming out in the future. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Okay, then my last question is just where can people find you online and connect? Oh, I would love to connect with your listeners. You can, I have my, on my website, jodybrandoneditorial.com, uh, Facebook, same, same Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. I'm Jody underscore Brandon. I don't know why it's not Jody Brandon Editorial, and now they won't let me change it. So, <laughs> oh, social media. I know. That's all right. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I love talking books. Thank you. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.